Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Carpe Noctum, hosted by me, Dylan Kiefer, and you, me, Dylan Shue. Dylan Shue. <laughs> happy to be here. Yes, we are. Oh, Super yeah. happy. It's great. Great, great, great day. It's a great day in the neighborhood, isn't it, Dylan? Yeah, sure. It, only one of us is drinking this week, so that's a little upsetting. <laughs> that, that should tell you something right there, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess who it is. Guess, guess who's drinking? It's not me. Oh, God. I forgot. I forgot to buy alcohol this week. Yeah, well. I did. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. How could you forget? How could you forget? Because I don't drink often. Like, this is the only time of the week that I'm ever like, oh, right, I should drink. It's the one time of the week we hang out. Obviously, we both have a drink. Obviously. That's how we take our headache. <laughs> I know. I need to be better about drinking. Do you? That's a weird thing to think about. Like, oh, this... I'm, I'm really bad about drinking. Well, apparently. I don't care what you do when I'm not around, but when I'm here, you need to have a better selection. All right, fair enough. Uh, speaking of which, I've been wanting to ask, how's uh, your no soda for Lent? That's doing great. It's a fun story. Lent starts in March, not February, for one. Yes. Uh, two, it's going good so far. Uh, mostly been drinking water. I've had some tea here and again, and I just, like, need a little bit of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually doing, I haven't had any soda since Lent started. I'm actually well, doing pretty good. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had, like, I've had chocolate milk, and I've had some peace teas. Peace tea, I feel like. It's close, but it's not soda. I've, it's not soda, but it's it not might soda. as well be... No, it's better than soda still. There's a lot of sugar There is, that. but it's better. Uh, and I don't, I'm not drinking them, like, regularly. Right, what, like, whatever you gotta tell yourself. It is, it's not soda. I said I wouldn't drink soda, and I, I mean, am sticking to that promise. Well, fundamentalists would disagree. Well, I'm not a fundamentalist. Lord knows. I mean, I don't think he cares too much about this, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. I know you do. You, you're agnostic. <laughs> I don't care. But anyway, yeah. Um, let's jump. Let's jump into what you're. Talking let's just jump about straight in, all right? Because I'm. I don't even know what this is. So I, I found about out this uh, last week. Actually, a friend of mine at work was telling me uh, because his mom called him to ask about it. So it's this thing I learned about recently. It's a it's a new age kind of thing called grounding. So the idea is that our ancient, ancient ancestors, uh, when they walked around and lived, were always in a way connected to the ground, either by like standing on it or sitting on it or laying on it or whatnot. Mm. And so the idea is to bring that back. And so you, people want to ground themselves to the earth again because it's supposed to be better for you. So the way that they do that, there's a company... Where you can buy a, a sheet that you put on your bed, and then you take a cord from it and plug it into the grounding socket in your outlet. And it supposedly grounds you to the earth and gets rid of, like, I think negative ions or something? Like, it's like, All right. it makes no fucking sense. This is not the direction I thought it was going. <laughs> <laughs> because where it was going, I was like, alright, I'm on board with this. Because, you know, I'm... I'm I'm into this type of shit, you know. I I use essential oils daily, you know. My my hair pomade is organic, you know. I love <laughs> I love so getting in touch with nature, but this is it's called a earthing universal mat. They have pillowcases, they have bed sheets, they have actual mats you can stand on. I was the uh, this is a great fun. I just found this recently, but they have a fact for getting started. Here's yeah, some of the yeah, please yeah, the questions. Because I have some questions. Uh, oh, none. Of these won't be those questions. Oh God. Uh, I just started sleeping grounded and feel a bit strange. What could that be from? I've noticed tingling in my feet for the first few nights. I have been sleeping grounded. Should I be concerned? Yeah, you're having this, a stroke. This is my favorite one. Can I over-earth myself? Yes. <laughs> yes. I sleep on a full-body earthing sheet and also at times use the earthing mat on the floor at my computer. I notice my toes and fingers have become very sensitive. Last night, I did not earth myself, and my toes are fine. <laughs> you know, when you over-earth yourself, you actually sink into the ground, I think. Uh, I am one of those electro-sensitive people you write about in the earthing book. Are There's you a sure? book for this. Are you sure? I have started sleeping grounded, and the energy feels strange to me. Oh, I like this one. I don't want to spend any money on like, grounding a certain device when I can make one myself. All I have to do is get a ground wad, some 20-gauge wire, and then wrap the wire on my ankle or foot at night. 
when I don't wear <laughs> What? Can I wear pajamas when I sleep on an earthing sheet? Can no. I wear socks when I'm using That's an earthing mat on the floor? <laughs> What is this? Oh, yeah. So, like, the whole idea is that, like, I don't know. Like, you just, you you, you ground yourself into the earth. But, like, I, I'm trying to find out, like, well, okay. like is so, there, like, a... Do you ever watch Better Call Saul? I've been meaning to. Okay. Well, uh, Jimmy McGill's brother, you know, Jimmy McGill, played by Bob Odenkirk, the main character, uh, Saul Goodman, his brother, his older brother, uh... In the earlier seasons, there's like a recluse um, who we later find out is pretty much had this mental breakdown. But he claims to have this illness that makes him sensitive to electromagnetic radiation. So that's why in his house, there aren't any lights on. All the power is always off. There's no power ever. He uses fire and lanterns to get around um, and a gas stove to cook with, and that's it. Uh, and his claim is because he can feel the electromagnetic waves coming from lights, from plugs. And, you know, you find out later it's total nonsense. He has a, It's all mental. He's a mental illness, and that's really what it is. This, what you're talking about, reminds me of that. Reminds me of an old man with a mental illness. Yeah, so uh, the guy that told me about this, he's an electrical engineer at where I work, and his mom had called to ask him about this, and he was like, this makes no sense. This makes absolutely zero sense out of just like a... like electrical engineering standpoint of like, there's, there's... You're grounding yourself... Like all it's doing is getting rid of any like possible static or, or excessive electric like static electricity on your body, which I mean your body's producing like your body produces electricity in order to like make movements and stuff like that. Like there's no I don't see any reason for this, but the uh, so the the uh, the reason I'll read the the yes. the, the, the website grounding also called earthing oh. is the landmark discovery that Earth's subtle surface energy field upholds the electrical stability of our bodies. Thus serving as a foundation for vitality and health. Electrical stability of our bodies. That makes no... All right. In an age of rampant chronic disease due to the stresses of modern day life, reconnecting with Earth's energy beneath our feet provides a way back to better health. The profound effect of grounding provides amazing healing, calming, and balancing effects on our physical, mental, and emotional bodies. Throughout history, humans have walked barefoot on the ground, which naturally discharges and prevents the buildup of electrical stress. When in contact with the earth, this tranquil energy naturally transfers to any conductive object, whether it is a metal rod, a wire, a tree, or a plant, an animal, or a barefoot human, and they become grounded. <laughs> like I said, our ancient ancestors were like, majority of people were wearing shoes. You know how I like to ground ground myself? How do you ground yourself? I walk out in the grass barefoot. That works. I like the feeling of that. I like no, the it does feel of, good. of sand. That does feel toes. good. That's what I like. I don't need some... I, I really like it when I can feel on. the excessive electrical currents leaving my body and going oh, into yes. the ground when I'm sleeping on a grounding mat. I like the feeling of the electrical currents entering my body when I stick a metal fork into the socket. <laughs> so yeah, my friend was telling me about this, and I just it came up with this, these just absurd, almost like, like schemes that like this new age puts out like all the time, it seems. Of like, oh, like hold this thing, you know, it'll get rid of you know the negative ions in the air around you, or, you know, yes. stuff like the crystals, like or the the scents and stuff like that. That reminds me of that that jade egg on uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop, that you're supposed to, the women are supposed to shove inside their vaginas what? and heal sexual. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It is a thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's still a thing. I they might have finally taken it down. But oh my goodness. It was once a thing. That sounds awful. Yeah, I don't really like know. Just, just really, 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 really bad. I mean, makes some people happy, I guess. Yeah. Well, like, it's interesting because, I don't know, it, this stuff just doesn't ever make any sense to me. Like, every time I hear it, Every time it comes up, I'm like, if, if this worked as well as people said it did, I f- we would be, like, prescribing this stuff. Like, the pharma- pharmaceutical... No, man, there's not enough way for Big Pharma <laughs> to make enough money for I was going to say, like, if, if anything shows you that this stuff doesn't work, Big Pharma hasn't copyrighted it yet. 
that sh- that shows you that it's not worth their time and it's so that that's how you know if a medical treatment might be worth it is if big pharma has copyrighted it or patented it or whatnot because if if it can heal and it can make money big pharma is gonna get it oh so it was a jade egg to awaken sexual chakras Ooh, chakras yeah it was something it, it was also kind of expensive I remember, I remember all of all of these things are Let's see. Let's see how much these things are. How much do you think these things are gonna run? Take a guess. Um, hundred bucks. Okay. So the universal mat kit, which comes with a book and a twelve and a half inch by thirty nine inch. That's actually larger than I thought. Is forty five dollars. Oh, that's not as bad. As that's not as bad as I thought it was. It's like it's still. This jade egg is sixty six bucks. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the the mattress is or the the mattress pad is hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, the large one's 190. And that's the one I yeah. want. So th- there's magnetic straight yoga cords, eight bucks. Yeah. So this, all these are are ESD mats. Just very expensive ESD mats. You know what an ESD mats? An electrostatic j- discharge mat, mat or like wristband, which a lot of people wear when dealing with electronics, because static electricity can mess up process, like really sensitive electronic equipment. So they have like legitimate uses in like engineering and electronics. Sure. Uh, but essentially what you're paying for is a very fancy ESD mat. Well, we've come to found out, find out they also have legitimate uses uh, to sleep on. Apparently. Very, Apparently they're very important. Su- super legitimate. No, Wellness no, ponies, and vitality. no schemes or anything going on there at all. Wellness and vitality is very important. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking as someone who is all about it. See, I'm never, I've never bought into like any of the essential oils or anything. I'm like, eh, don't think they're that helpful. Well, whatever, man. Nah, I mean, I'll do you, you, or I'll do me, you do Excuse you. Excuse me. <laughs> that was Def- a bit of a mislead. I'm definitely gonna leave that in there. All right, fair enough. Yeah, no, I just, I just thought you'd want to know about these amazing products called earthing mats. I'm, I'm. And make sure, sure you don't over earth yourself. That can be deadly. That here. can be deadly. jump into something that is not at all as lighthearted and fun as I that figured that's why I was leading with that because I figured yeah. out don't don't well this was something we were going to talk about last week but then you know okay, well right. actually part of it was two weeks ago but then we ran short uh, we ran short on time yeah we are well we went over we went way over uh and then last week we just posted that episode so we didn't record but then you know here we are this week uh, I'm, I'll be referencing uh, an op-ed in uh, the Times um, from February 17th. And there's been some follow-up to this that was relevant last week. But uh, most recently, um, there's been a lot of discussion, more more discussion nationally in recent times than there have been pretty much ever. But that's just because it's just a growing topic in general. And this is... Uh, transgender athletes. Mm, it has been a topic for a while. Yes. Um, so, in her op-ed back on February 17th, um, I think it's safe to say that she is, and maybe was, depending on who you ask, uh, an LGBTQ superstar and ally. Her name was Martina Navratilova. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, I couldn't correct you if not. Uh, she was a uh, tennis superstar, uh, and she kind of came to fame, well, one, just kicking ass in, in tennis in general, but during her ninth Wimbledon singles title, um, she jumped into the stands to him embrace her then-lover, Judy Nelson. And this was generation before gay marriage, uh, and there was even once in the UK uh, something called, called the Clause 28, which forbade promoting the acceptability of homosexuality. Hmm. It was two years after that had ended, uh, this happened. And it was, you know, really, really big deal for the gay community. Um, fast forward to 2019, where back on February 17th, Ms. Navratilova posted an op-ed about how she believes that transgender athletes 
essentially, specifically trans women, essentially cheat the system because they're able to, uh, in her words, decide to be female, take hormones if required by whatever sporting organization is concerned, win everything in sight, and perhaps earn a small fortune, and then reverse that decision and go back to making babies if he so desires. Never Tolova wrote in her op-ed and said, it's insane and it's cheating. So that she caught a lot of flack for that. Well, I bet. Um, she was on the board for uh, an advocacy group called Athlete Ally. Uh, so they ousted her, took away her quote-unquote ambassadorship, and she said trans women, or, or they said trans women athletes aren't looking to take over women's sport. They are women and want to compete in the sport they love just as any other athlete would. Now, I still find myself pretty torn on this issue because, specific to tennis, there is a limit on the levels of testosterone level. Uh, There is a limit on the testosterone levels of transgender athletes, but it's still five times what is in the normal average female. So they have higher testosterone levels. They have, on average denser muscles, different respiratory system. I mean, essentially, they're set up to better compete and be more likely to win over their uh, counterparts. And on the one hand, I sympathize with the... I don't want to call it an issue because I don't think it's an issue. It's become an issue by some people. But I, I sympathize with the situation that some trans people find themselves in. But I do look at this, and I can't help but think that there is some... Uh, truth maybe to what Ms. Navratilova is saying because it is entirely possible for someone to be able to do that and originally women's sports was created to give women a place where they could actually play where they could play their sport uh, and enjoy their sport and compete amongst each other and this issue which at one point probably was never thought to be a thing you know, 100 years ago, um, it's a, a new frontier of ethics within the world of sports. And I am pretty torn on it myself. So I, I don't know, did you play sports much growing up? More than I wanted to. Okay, see, I, like, I was into sports. I played everything, like, I could, I could, I could possibly play. So I was in the competitive, competitive scene. I did uh, soccer, basketball, wrestling, baseball, swimming for a little bit. Like I played a, I played a bunch of different sports growing up, and uh, I mean we had and through that like we had you know the separate teams for women and men. And I can tell you that the men just even just watch the Olympics or any other sport, men dominate sports far more than women. Like if you were to comp- if you were to comp- put any two people from like a competition like a man versus a woman, m- the majority of the time like the man would would win. And which is the, the main reason they have you have women's sports and you have men's sports. And for like that idea that like, you know, if you're a woman and like you're training, you train hard, you train super, super hard. Uh, and then like you are top and then a, a trans, a male, a male who transferred, became Transition. a woman, transitioned yeah. to be a woman comes in who has been a male, you know, 17 out of the 18 years of their life and have developed all those muscles developed as, like, you know, a six foot four male comes in onto the track team and just blows your personal best out of the water is ludicrous. I mean, if you look at uh, tennis, I think a good example is Serena Williams faced off, you know, the called out. I don't remember who it was, uh, but it was like he was in the lower 100 that the top male tennis players. And they're like, we can beat anyone like the top 100. And he's like, all right, I'll take that challenge. And so the Serena sisters, like they, they trained for a while. And then the guy in the 100 is like, yeah, on match day, I went, played a few rounds of golf smoked some weed, went and played, and beat Serena Williams in tennis. He's bottom 100 of the men's tennis. Like, there is just a drastic difference of athletic ability of someone who's grown up male their entire life to someone who's grown up uh, female their entire life. And so even if, like, their testosterone levels are only supposed to, are, you know, supposed to be lower than what they are, if you've had the male testosterone levels for, you know, 17, 18 years of your entire life, your body is just that much physically bigger and more just genetically bred for athletic and physical activities than a female even with the gender reversal you still carry over that muscle mass that height you know that bone structure that just lets you be naturally more competitive than a female 
And if you're on the female side and like, I mean, you, you're training hard, you're doing everything you possibly can, you're at the top of your game, and then, um, you know, uh, a transgender female comes in who, who doesn't nearly have to work as hard, can just blow you out of the water. Like, what's the point in competing at that point? Yeah. Because you can find articles all over the place where, uh, you know, a trans uh, transgender or a male who transitioned into a woman will come in and just win state. Or, like, they'll, they'll be top the team already uh, without having to work nearly as hard as those females. I think that is, uh, like, a slap in the face to females who, who grew up and, like, who, who've been that their, their entire life and have trained and worked and progressed as much as they possibly can. And just for someone to say, nope, that's too bad. We have to respect this one person's decision and let them compete. When that is such a small percentage of people that is affecting a much larger percentage of people. Yeah, yeah, that so that calls to mind uh, the words of a volleyball player down in Brazil, Ana Paula Henkel. Um, she uh, faced off against uh, someone named Tiffany Abro, Abro, Abro. I don't remember. I don't know which one it is, but uh, she became the first transgender player in the top women's volleyball league. In 2017, and that was five years after halting uh, a career as a globe-trotting male player. Um, and so, when she when she joined the women's league, she quickly rose through the ranks. And uh, one of the top-ranked players, Ana Paula Henkel, uh, she was a four-time Olympian for the Brazil volleyball team. She uh, penned an open letter. Uh, this past December, uh, contending that the policy is unfair and said, this rushed and heedless decision to include biological men born and built with testosterone with their height, their strength, and aerobic capacity of men is beyond the sphere of tolerance. It represses, embarrasses, humiliates, and excludes women. This is, that's what I find so convincing or so, uh, so interesting is that as I said, women's sports was created to give women a place to to compete, to enjoy their sports, to be lifted up. And it was supposed to essentially give women a, sh- a place to showcase their talents and abilities. And it's slowly kind of losing that platform because, in her words, biological men born and built with testosterone are kind of coming in and... Um, using it to praise themselves. And it's sad because on the one hand, I want to be sensitive to um, transgender individuals, but on the other, I mean, I I would never call Anna Paula Henkel a bigot for writing a letter like that because I completely could, I completely sympathize and understand that she's probably pretty pissed off about it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. She was, what, four-time Olympic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she, so she is the best, per, like one of the best people in Brazil, and she's being outshadowed by someone who just came in. Yeah, like that's who, like that's insane. Who took a five year break? Yeah, like that. Then, that's that's yeah. the insane part that I don't. I so like I get. Yeah, you know, it's it might suck, but I don't think you should let people who transition from a male to a female compete in like competitive sports, like in any like any high level sports. Like if they want to do, you know. Um, well, compete, um, compete in no sports or not. Any, so, in, like in high-profile competitions, so like if they want to go, you know, join the Y for their league or, you know, local local leagues that are more for recreation and having fun. Sure, I have nothing against that. Like if it's just for fun, but if you want to go compete at you know, tournament level, you know, world-class competitions like collegiate level, high school, like very very serious uh, competitions where you can you know earn prestige like states scholarships money, uh, medals, that kind of stuff. I don't think they should be allowed to compete because I think that yeah, takes away. See, that's where and that's where I start to break off because that right there is textbook discrimination. I can't go that far, but I also wouldn't say that people should be barred from playing, but I don't but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And like the funny thing is like there's no there's no reverse complaint. So there's no one complaining about uh, like a female transitioning to a male and then getting into a male sport because they physically cannot yeah, not that compete. I, not that I see. Because they physically cannot compete. Yeah. And so you don't see that happening. You see the reverse happening of men transitioning to females and going into female sports. And unfortunately, if it continues, it 
could I think I could see it severely hampering the the dignity and the respect that female sports do have. Yeah. Because like you'll go watch and you'll just you'll just be uh, you know at the Olympics like if it's allowed. Imagine like I'm on like America probably won't this, but like I can definitely see other countries if it's allowed in the Olympics, like Russia, China, other countries that aren't necessarily moral in some of their dealings and as history has shown, definitely taking advantage of this. Yes, and I and I and I would think uh, kind of on the reverse side of that. Um, I'm curious to see how this plays out on the global stage, just because not every country that competes in the Olympics is as progressive and open-minded as you know Western Europe and and America. So we, if we start, um, if we start entering transgender athletes into the Olympics, I'm curious what countries like Saudi Arabia or Indonesia or some of the other more conservative, uh, more religious, whether it be Muslim or not, these kind of more conservative states and countries uh, that don't necessarily recognize any validity um, to a transgender person. I'm curious if there's going to be some kind of upheaval over that too. But yeah, the sure, then there, I could, I could see that. I could see like it could really <laughs> send female sports into a down spiral. Yeah, if if it gets out of hand, I could and see that's, the Russia and, doping. And, Scandal yeah. turning into like a Russia tra- Trans- fake transgender. Exactly. Like it's not. It's not. It's not a realm of possibility. It's, in fact, it's. I'd say it's highly likely. If uh-huh. this continues in the next ten years, you're going to see this sort of scandal. Um, like 10, 20 years. Like you'll see this absolutely. But I think. I mean, I know transgender. It's a very, very small percentage of the population. Yeah. It's not a large ones, and I mean, it's unfortunate. But if you want, like, if you're going to let that small percentage almost possibly have such a negative like it has such a possibility to have a negative effect on female sports uh i mean it is technically uh discrimination but like the alternative is you know letting this go and then possibly seeing the downfall of female sports i like to think there's got to be some kind of middle ground between the entire subversion of female progress and female sports on the one side and then of course the absurd limitless glorification um of the subjectivity that gender has become so it, you know i i like to think there's a middle ground where where people and organizations private organizations the controlling bodies of these sports organizations will be able to come to some kind of i, well, I amicable would, i would say if standing. like if you are by like a biological male up to the age of like like when like when towards like when puberty ends, like when your growth spurt finds like sixteen, seventeen years old, you're biologically biologically male up to that point, and you get a gender swap, you still must compete in men's sports mm-hmm. because like your body has yeah. basically been male, and so like besides like your genitalia, you're not changing nearly as much. You're still going to be very like very big, very strong. You've kind of stopped much of your growth spurt, but you're still you were still very much like a fully grown male. Uh, and then, like, same, like, if you're female up to, you know, 16, 17 years old, uh, you gender swap to a male, you still compete. Actually, that you could probably compete in either because you're not going to, you're not going to do well in men's sports anyways. So that's almost like a non-issue. Oh, it's mostly the men transitioning to the female. But if, like, if, you know, but if, like, you transition uh, before that, which I don't think you should do, I think you should definitely wait till, like, I don't think you should be pushing people to transition, like, till after the, like, 20s. Because I think that's way too yeah, early. Well, some people uh, would disagree. With nah, that. I think a lot of yeah, which I I don't agree with at all. Uh, then you know, if for some bizarre reason like you transition when you're like ten, which I think is child abuse, mm-hmm. uh, then you could compete in the female sports because your body wouldn't have you know developed as a male. You wouldn't have hit puberty. You wouldn't have had that massive testosterone boost that men get. You know when they hit puberty and they just you know they go their bodies go crazy and they get huge. Yeah. And so I think that would be my solution uh, to like to let them continue playing in sports. And if anything, even for like the the, the female, you could spin it that like the you know it would it would show that you know it would show females competing in the male scene. You know, in a in a, in a weird 
way where Caitlyn, or was it Caitlyn Jenner? Yes, formerly Bruce Jenner. Formerly Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, who won the Woman of the Year award. Yes. That made absolutely no sense in my head. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that. that's that's stupid. That's uh, <laughs> that, that really degrades a lot of women who probably should have deserved it that year. Yeah, yeah, I mean... So, <laughs> like that. I kind of I kind of appreciate the jokes about like the patriarchy being a real thing and the patriarchy knowing that in order to maintain supremacy they needed to push a transgender <laughs> agenda so that men could become women and still be <laughs> on the top. Best. I mean, that's what's happening it's, though. It's, you know, it's a funny thought. <laughs> Especially when you consider that when you consider uh Women of the Year awards going to um, transgenders, transgender women. I mean, it's they lived the majority of their lives as, as male, men. and then he was a, a female for a few months, and he was a Woman of the Year. Yeah, and I don't think he's even been a woman for a full year at that point. I don't think so either. I don't remember though. And he was, and and she, he was a Woman of the Year. Yeah, that really pissed me off for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. I mean, it sucks. But it's I just think one it's of a, those like really difficult, sensitive, and nuanced topics that I feel like no matter where people stand on either issue, uh, on either side of the issue, there's not enough like nuance and sensitivity coming from either side when they talk about it because it's just so heated, and both sides thinks that they are so right that they won't even like entertain even a reasonable discussion with the other side which only just makes it worse you just described politics well yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that did encompass all of politics right there yeah so on a little more lighthearted and just kind of yeah it's all informational it's all fun from here out note (laughs) i don't have anything else to talk about that's controversial uh well my best of the week okay yeah i figured something else was coming i figured something else was coming up it's not that uh so there's, it's probably a quick little segment, but there's a company called Shadow, which is, uh, it's coming, they've developed a service. Uh, it's basically uh, PC video game streaming. Mm. So you get a, uh, all, you, all you get, it's like, it's really, like the technology behind it is crazy, you can do a lot with it, so I'll kind of explain what's going on. So basically you get this small little router, it's like, it's very... Very benign, very like just kind of modern looking. Like you can throw it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks like it will fit in. And uh, you can you know, pull the menu or whatnot. And you can start playing video games off of it uh, on literally anything. You could be you know running a potato and be able to play video games on this thing. So what it does is in, literally a potato. Literally, you could use a potato and play wow. video games. This is probably. Insane. So this company does is uh, it's called shadow and on the back end they have just an like a basically a warehouse filled with uh servers and components of like high-end gaming computer components like graphics cards processors and everything that are running and they're doing mm-hmm. all of the number crunching all like all of the uh, the processing power everything that on the back end and then it streams everything oh. to your pc so your pc is doing zero work whatsoever it's just showing you the image okay so this this isn't a new idea it's been around for a little bit mm-hmm. uh the problem's been uh, the latency so like the lag between the inputs hasn't always been the right. greatest they've somehow figured out a way to kind of get past that and it's a almost uh the, the video i was watching he did a test like a latency test mm-hmm. and it was a it was a one-to-one latency what so he, he was saying, he, he did specify, these are, these are ideal conditions, like we're pretty right. close to where their servers are. He's like, but he's like, it's, that was still, he's like, I was not expecting that. He's like, I was expecting a, a lot more lag than that. Right. And so they're slowly moving across the country and then you can play, uh, if like you have that router hooked up mm-hmm. and like a good internet connection, you can play on anything. Like he was showing us, uh, like he was on, he was on just a normal PC, like wired in. He's like, I'm getting tired of playing on this, so I'm going to throw it up to my Android TV, and he started playing on his Android TV. It's like, oh, I'm getting tired of that. Pulled out his phone, flipped up his phone, continued the game exactly where he had left off on his phone, put down his phone, pulled up a MacBook, and just swiped over to like a full, basically it's a shadow of Windows 10 on a MacBook playing this video game. Mm-hmm. Like it was absolutely seamless. And so, and right now it's like, oh, video games, that's kind of cool. Like, it's like $35 a month, and you can 
like it's a huge like library of games you can play that stream to your tv or mm-hmm. to your computer or whatnot so you have to buy the games you don't have to worry about upgrading or like building a pc uh the really cool thing with this is though you can do a lot more than just video games so imagine like you're like a web developer or someone like you don't really have a whole lot of money for like a good you know laptop or pc where you can run some of these more intensive programs like windows programs you could theoretically uh in a subscription service with a company like this who will run all the programs and everything on the back end for you and just stream the screen to you basically so you wouldn't have to worry about you know your computer not running certain programs or being able to process certain things you could do it all they could do it all in the back end for you which could save like small businesses especially for like a subscription like 35 you know for like a business you know 100 200 a month right that could save them a lot of money just on like computers alone because also because because they also want to stay in business, they'll be constantly be upgrading their parts and their PC parts to make sure that they can handle whatever new programs are coming right. out or like replacing it. So the thing you have to worry about is you know keeping that subscription service, and you could you know stream you know the newest Windows 10 or like the like uh, whatever programs you need to straight to your computer, right. and like not have to worry about you know you could get cheaper laptops that could still run super you know mathematical intensive programs, and not have to you know worry about that. Right. That's crazy. You know, what's funny is that, like, just a couple of days ago, I was thinking about that. Like, why isn't there, like, a Netflix for video games yet? And then I was like, well, I'm sure that streaming it, would it's be coming very in. difficult. But, like, that, like, having all that data processing on the back end somewhere else, that makes Yeah. That makes so they're, sense. So they're starting to come out, like, especially this year, I think we're going to see an explosion. I think uh, Microsoft's working on theirs. Uh, Nvidia... Yeah, Microsoft's looking at releasing an Xbox game store on the Nintendo Switch. I didn't see that. Did you see that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like they are, they are kind. Of, you know, like what you just said. They're yeah. looking at turning the Xbox not into a gaming console, but into like a game service like that. Yeah. Well, there. The rumor is that they're going to announce a new Xbox this year, and that's exactly what it's going to be. It's not. There's going to be no disc drive. Like, all you're going to do is just be able to stream games through it. At this point, there shouldn't be a disk drive, because even when you buy a disk, you still got to oh, download yeah. the damn thing. It's true. I've missed the old days <laughs> where you could stick a game in and be playing. You you can have half the game done by the time, nowadays, a game gets downloaded. It's true. so annoying. So Microsoft's starting to... PlayStation kind of has something like this. It's called... Uh, PS Now? Uh, PS Now, yeah. No. It's not, it's like, it's, I don't remember exactly how it works. I haven't, I haven't looked at um, it. Was... EA, EA already has like a subscription service. Like it's, I have it, but like you still have to download the game. I forget that I own a PlayStation uh... half the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. So I, 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 it's, I hate that I don't use it more, but I just yeah. don't. Because like the, the biggest thing has always been latency. You know, you can always yeah. feel that lag. Yeah. And then also uh, internet. Like you have to have a pretty good yeah. internet connection for this to work. Yeah. Uh, but like if you get that solved like i was looking i was like i was thinking like because the the title of the video was like oh this will kill like gaming pcs i was like oh yeah sure and i watched it. i was like oh, actually like oh maybe it will. i was like oh that's actually for 35 bucks a month yeah like i was in my head i was like calculating i was like if i want like because i was like thinking like how much my pc built i was like that would be after about four and a half five years yeah of like just the cost of like my pc to like get that back if i went to use this yeah. i was like maybe instead of upgrading or building a new pc in the next few years I might Stick actually, like, this, this le- is a legitimate option of, like, yeah. that's not a bad, that's, especially for people who don't really want to, like, build a PC or, like, they're terrified of, like, building a PC. This is the, the perfect option for them. This could kill a lot of things. Mm. Like, that's a pretty, like, the one, the only, the only downside that I see is, like, I, I like owning my games yeah. and be able to tamper with them or tinker with them because, uh, like, modding. Yeah. Is a is a is a really really big thing. You can't really do that when you're streaming the game. Yeah. So don't think you won't kill it off necessarily, but it'll definitely be a serious competitor in the yeah. next few years for sure. Well, that's I mean that's the same with music. Uh, you know, Spotify is completely and I don't know their streaming services have pretty much taken over the entire industry. But like simultaneously, vinyl sales have been up the last several years. Compared to the last 30. Yeah, that's funny how that you works. Know? So there are those people like me who love to stream music and be able to stream anything I want. But then I also love 
buying vinyls because I like owning the music, especially the music that I love the most and means the most to me and yada yada. So yeah, I mean, that that would kind of be where I'm at with this is like a number of games and especially be able to play like a new game or try a game that you yeah. don't even know you'll like um, without having that commitment the same way you can you know listen to music now without having to worry about buying it. And then if it's something that you consider timeless or you want to be able to keep and tinker with or whatever you can still buy the hard copy I and mean, that's what i do with uh that's what i do with tv shows um almost everything streams whether it's on hbo prime oh, yeah. or I don't... netflix i but there are like five six tv shows i own on dvd just because i love oh yeah i, love I have the tv uh, shows i want, I I want it. them over there i have uh the show chuck because I absolutely I love that show. It's, it's a great show. Uh, uh, so I own that. I own the, all seasons of Chuck. Uh, I own Band of Brothers. And I own the Pacific. Just because those are just class. They're just a phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. miniseries. Like a few movies that I just absolutely love, uh, and not a whole lot else. Yeah. Like most of it's like oh I can just I'll stream that or I'll rent it from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this this is considering because like some of the games. I was like, mm, I wouldn't mind playing that, but I don't really want to shell out the cash for it. This yeah. is like the the perfect deal for that. Yeah. Like even with my gaming PC, I'm like I'm I'm tempted like in the next year or two maybe picking one of these up and trying it out. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Just like buy the games that I really want. Yeah. And then the games I'm like, oh, I'll try this out. I just want to play it for a little bit to like because it caught my attention, and then I'm kind of done with it. I don't have to feel bad about burning sixty dollars in my out of my pocket and not been finishing the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then whatever, and then like on the business side of just you know computational power, I'm able to use this for like you know a small business, like companies like this popping up, like that's yeah endless possibilities with companies that can do that. Yeah, that's cool. I'm excited to see where this goes. It'll be really cool. I'll have to show you the video, like the very end when he's just switching like endlessly from like screen to screen to screen yeah. and picking off exactly where he left off on the game. Is is share it too. Mm-hmm. Switching gears to something I. I'm a little bit of a geek about. Um, do you know much about Theranos? No. So, I was ever first introduced to Theranos in a Inc. magazine article. Elizabeth Holmes was on the cover, I want to say in 2013. Um, she was on the cover for one of the months. Uh, I think I might even still have the magazine back in Pennsylvania. But um, <clears throat> I read about her company, uh, and like pretty much everyone at that time, you know, was just, like, completely taken aback by the possibility. So Theranos is, slash was, a uh, blood testing company that claimed to be able to test, run 100 tests on a drop of blood in a more efficient and cheaper manner than any other conventional blood test ever in a machine that they called the Edison, which, like, fits in your hand. That sounds too good to be true. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, it eventually <laughs> was. <laughs> Theranos has since been exposed as being potentially, allegedly, uh, as big a Ponzi scheme as Bernie Madoff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> At its height, Forbes magazine, um, they estimated the company to be worth $9 billion. Jeez. Elizabeth Holmes... As a Stanford student, uh, she grew up in the D.C. area. She went to Stanford. She dropped out when she was founding Theranos uh, and was kind of trying to build it up. And um, where things started to go a little awry was in 2014. Um, Wall Street Journal, and I remember reading this, the day it came out in the paper, and I was, I was upset. I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset. Um, but the day it came out uh, in, in the Wall Street Journal, uh, their investigative reporter, who won a Pulitzer for this, wrote an article uh, alleging that a lot, that Theranos was overstating the accuracy of their tests and that some of these tests were just completely wrong and that some of the tests that they claimed to be doing, they weren't even doing on their Edison machines. They were using conventional methods to run the tests. Hmm. And, you know, naturally, Theranos pushed back, claimed it was all nonsense. The uh, reporter, John Carreyrou, you know, they you know they were like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, yada, yada. And it almost looked like, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe 
there are some mistakes being made here, but you know, there's still potential. There's still a lot of hope to be uh, to be put in this because this is supposedly they're they're on track to make this a real thing, and it's still a really big deal. Then come. SEC investigations, the Department of Justice investigations, Elizabeth Holmes gets charged with fraud, and uh, her boyfriend, uh, who was also an executive um, in the uh, in Theranos, um, he's facing fraud charges right now. She already settled the dispute with the SEC, uh, and she was fined $500,000, isn't allowed to run a public company for the next 10 years. And uh, all of this pretty much just came apart with the start. Really, the beginning of the end was that initial Wall Street Journal article. And this year, in the last few months specifically, has marked a really great time to delve into this because um, pretty much the only time I would ever recommend anything by ABC News. Uh, ABC News put out a podcast. It was like six episodes. I listened to every single one of them yesterday because it was just so engrossing. Um, but it's called The Dropout. Uh, so I would highly recommend it. It's a fantastic podcast. Um, just an ad enough. Hour-long episode. You know, pretty easy to get through. But it's what's so engaging about this story is that you see this girl who is, I mean, we're talking like sociopathic behavior, to pursue this idea that, she, you know... Well, it depends on who you ask, whether or not she was really just more interested in making a name for herself, becoming the next Steve Jobs. She really idolized Steve Jobs. Even with her wardrobe, she kind of stole this turtleneck idea from him. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she, so she took that from him, and so she was really, really wanting to become a billionaire and make a name for herself. But then, on the other hand, there was this life-saving technology that she was pursuing that really could save lives it really could change a lot of things but it really it it turned out really to be nothing more than than a scam i mean we're talking like the devos family bessie devos department of education uh head of department of education her family you know very rich family they invested like 100 million dollars the walton family uh there were so many people on the board henry kissinger george schultz uh General Mattis, all of these people were on the board for Theranos. I mean, um, the guy who was uh, Steve Jobs' right hand man, um, Avi Tavinian. Oh, she was, like she, she pulled in like the high yeah, rollers. Yeah, and she pulled a lot of people from Apple because she loved Steve Jobs so much. And so, she, and, and a lot of people were co- so quick to go because everyone wanted it to be true. Oh yeah, you know, so many of these families, these rich families, poured in hundreds of million dollars because they wanted it to be true. And that's what makes it such an engrossing uh, story. And uh, a week from today, on the 18th, HBO is releasing their documentary called The Inventor. Uh, and I am super psyched to watch it. But it's um, essentially, I'm assuming it's probably going to be like an HBO documentary version of, of the podcast, maybe. But I'm just, I'm super excited to see that's crazy. To see it. Because, I mean, I have essentially been following this since 2014. John Kerry Rugid published a, a book that was pretty much the culmination of all of his investigative reporting. He published it last May. So if you want to, you know, skip reading the book and see what's happened up till then and then everything since, you're probably better off just doing the podcast and watching this. But uh, it's a crazy story. Yeah, no, that's insane. It's I don't I can't even say why it's been so engrossing, but I just I have I'm, I'm gonna have to listen to that podcast tomorrow. I mean, just knowing I mean there was such this there was such a huge media blitz back in 2013 and 14 with her, because you know she was this young, attractive female CEO who was the youngest at the time, the youngest self-made female billionaire, because uh, she herself was worth like you know four billion dollars or something. Jeez, and. Uh, all of that was just in some ridiculous pursuit of trying to make a name for herself. Supposedly, she's working on a new company right now. She's trying to make... Some, yeah, I mean, she's, she she's, won't give up. I mean, you know. Geez, I don't think she's allowed to, though. <laughs> well, a public company. She uh, can't She can't have a public company, but, yeah. you know, it's crazy. They talk about that a little bit in the podcast, that when she was in high school and running track, she always came in last, but she always finished. She wouldn't give up. 
regardless of what everyone was saying to her. Maybe she should get a different sport. Well, that's what. Well, <laughs> yeah. But that's what they're like. Is this her now? She, because she, I mean, she is still involved with Theranos. She is still now. She's trying to do her own thing. I mean, it seems like she, she's, she won't give up. She's probably gonna, she's gonna fight the charges from the Department of Justice. I mean. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast. It's really great. You should. You definitely should. All right. Well then, I guess it is on to the best and worst of the week. Best and worst of the week. Best yes. and worst. I'm gonna jump on. I'm gonna jump, go week. real quick. All right. Best of the week. You or me? Me. Okay. Uh, go. <laughs> American Gods season two. Oh, I've been meaning to watch last that. Last night. I didn't watch it yet, but it's it's a show worth getting into. Uh, probably like the only thing on Stars worth getting into, but just wow. Um. One of my favorite actors, Ian McShane, who plays Winston and John Wick, yep, the manager okay. of the I, hotel. I love him. He is, he's so him. cool, and I love his voice. My he's God. got a great voice. He I, does. I want to find, I don't know if he does audiobooks. I want to find whatever audiobooks <laughs> he does. And like I'll just listen to those books, like mostly just because his just his voice is just yeah. it's so it's such an like an epic it's like so, I is. am a very cool guy. Yes. Like I would love to listen to audiobooks. Like if he did if he did the audiobook version of American Gods, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I'd probably listen to that. Yes, because um, he has such a great voice. Yeah, uh, I first saw him in Ray Donovan. He was in a season of Ray Donovan as like this this rich family's patriarch. And, you know, he was a power player in that. You know, in John Wick, he's pretty much a power player. Yeah. He, him, alone Gods, has, him, a power player. him alone has, has made me want to watch American Gods because uh, he's well, that, in yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly why I wanted it ever. I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah. I might just have to rent it it's, on Amazon. It's it's good. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if you have, do add stars as a... Uh, as a prime yeah. channel. Because you get like a week for free. You can watch oh. a couple episodes, I'll see if you even it, like yeah. it. And then if you don't, you know, just cancel it. And if Probably you do, pay for it, it for a couple months because there's only going to be like eight or ten episodes in a season. I mean, just wait till the second season is done. I mean, yeah. And I then pay for the one that. month. I guess you can do uh, that. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that. Okay, that's my best. What's okay. Oh, my best is also a TV show. Oh, look at that. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me for it, though. Oh, God. Uh, so recently, one subscription okay. services yeah, I'm later. subscribed to, Verve, uh, they do... you were going to say Sushi Roll. No, not Crunchy Roll? Crunchy Roll! <laughs> I don't know. I don't... Well, it's the same company that like, the same oh, company owns it, but like they okay. do a lot of... There's a... Like, you get Crunchy Roll, but like, you get a lot of like smaller content creator uh, subscriptions as well. Okay. Like Rooster Teeth is on there. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. fun, like Funimation used to be like yeah, uh, sure. yeah. like smaller content creators. Like, like there's a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And they uh, they recently put on uh, all of this all, all of Scooby Doo. Every single like cartoon of Scooby Doo like ever is now on there. Mm-hmm. And the newer show Mystery Incorporated uh, is on there as well. So I've been been watching. As I grew up with Scooby Doo. I love Scooby Doo. So I've been binge watching Mystery Incorporated, which is fantastic because there's a, there's a whole like subplot going on throughout the entire show mm-hmm. of like the first Mystery Incorporated, and, like they just like vanished, and they're trying to figure out like what's going on, and then like mm-hmm. they're solving mystery is like all over town as well, but the town hates them for it because their revenue is that they're spooky, but they keep unmasking everyone. It's like the mayor and the sheriff are like stop, stop uh, solving all these mysteries because you're you're making our revenue go away. Oh God. And there's like some fun dynamics between the whole gang, but I absolutely love it. Wow, well, I'm really I'm, happy for you. I'm so, I'm so. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite. I mean, I'm sure you saw earlier this year the Shaggy memes. Yeah. Yeah. For, those yeah, were, I saw those. those were funny. Uh, so random. Uh, I don't know how that started. <laughs> Fucking something with uh, Mortal Kombat or it's... Tekken or something. It was a, it was a fighting game. I think that's that's that started this whole pulling thing. screenshots from the the DVD extras with interviews of the cast, and they just <laughs> it's just so absurd. Stupid. But anyway, uh, one of my favorite scenes from the live action one when he was talking about like you know the media is trying to make you're just trying to make people think that I think Whoville sucks, and then like, <laughs> I think Whoville sucks. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. appropriate. That's fake news right there. Yeah. That's, I that's, think that's, 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 sucks. that's the second uh, Scooby Doo movie live action. I do remember that scene. You were trying to make it look like I think Coolville sucks, and it just hard cuts. I think Coolville sucks. Coolville sucks. 
that movie was greater than that movie was better than people give it credit for. Because yeah, because of stuff like that, you're like that. that was I mean, stuff good. like that was certainly is what made yeah. it for me. Uh, okay, so my worst of the week. Part of it is sort of the best of the week. It's sort. It's really great. It's okay, really great. Okay, but it's also stupid. All right. So Il- Ilhan Omar, everyone's favorite m- Muslim congresswoman. Um, sure. From Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> she was the one who made like some comments about Israel this past week. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of on, on her side with that. But anyway, um, in a uh, interview with Politico earlier this week, she took a shot at Barack Obama. The Democrat's godchild? Honestly, yes. So No, I, I he's perfect. He can't do any wrong. <laughs> He's the best president we've ever had. That's He's better than George Washington and Abraham Lincoln that's together. That's people think. Uh, but, okay, I'm going to read both these paragraphs. As she saw it, the party ostensibly committed to progressive values had become complicit in perpetuating the status quo. Omar, Omar says the hope and change offered by Barack Obama was a mirage. Wow. Recalling the caging of kids at the U.S. border and the droning of countries around the world on Obama's watch, she argues that the Democratic president operated within the same fundamentally broken framework as his Republican successor. I was she gonna, is saying the truth here. I was going to say, I was like, oh, Democrats do seem to forget that Barack didn't. The drone strike started with him. No one admits that there were so many scandals. I mean, because, and, and it's because Trump's such a fucking idiot and he does so much stupid stuff and he has zero tact it's almost pretty easy to forget that all this stuff happened under obama but even when obama was president so many of the stuff got just swept right oh yeah nobody talked about it and when they did they just talked about how it was happening they didn't talk about barack obama they didn't talk about you know the leader of the federal government who was in some way connected to this no he was always left out of it and my, my favorite quote, because this is when she kind of really grills him, we can't be only upset with Trump. His policies are bad, but many of the people who came before him also had really bad policies. They just were more polished than he was, which is so true. And that's not what we should be looking for anymore. We don't want anybody to get away with murder because they are polished. We want to recognize the actual policies that are behind the pretty face and the smile. I like her. Honestly, I, I, she is so right, and I'm so happy that she called out that she called out Barack Obama. Unfortunately, and this is the worst of the week part, she kind of retracted a little bit of it. Oh, how dare she? She said it was taken out of context. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, like that that seems pretty direct. I don't yeah. know. But she, you know, she kind of backtracked, which is upsetting because she's not wrong. She shouldn't backtrack that no, she's because completely it's, right. it's wholly accurate. Oh yeah. But um, you know, she backtracked a little bit, and that's a little upsetting. But she at least had the balls to say this because she's she's so right. She and is good she's, on her yeah, for finally she's, saying she's it, for being one of the only right. Democrats who's willing to admit it. Barack was not nearly as good as people thought he no, was. No, he was not at all. Drone strikes and... Yeah, killing children in other countries yeah. via drones. Pretty sure... Didn't he have a sanction against Muslims at one point? Or, like, people from the Middle East? I don't know. Probably. All I know is that he was the only Nobel Peace Prize winner with an active kill list. That's... <laughs> well, I don't know. The guy who invented dynamite. Well, the Nobel Peace Prize didn't exist yet. They exist because he invented dynamite. <laughs> oh, the irony. Yes. Yes. I love that. Exactly why they exist. Anyway, what is your... My worst of the worst. week. Uh, it was something else, but now it's different because uh, twice oh. now in the last like two days, um, uh, two people have asked me about my date and if she ever got back to me. Two separate people. Uh, one of them was you today. I was going to say, I was one of them. <laughs> and I had asked last week, too. And uh, the other one was, I think it was actually yesterday, <laughs> where my friend texted me. He's like, hey. Or she texted me. She's like, hey, how did, the, did she ever, did you ever hear back from her? I was like, nope. Still ghosted. And then you asked me, again, like, hey, did, you ever, did you ever hear back from the girl? And I went, nope. Well, you know... Uh, so that's my worst of the week. You remember when we talked about that dating app for cows? Have you considered it? No, because I'm not, I'm, no. not, I'm not looking for heifers. Okay, well, maybe I'll check out Grinder or something. <laughs> you have fun on Grindr. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a break from... Uh, take a break from all dating uh, apps. Oh, uh, but another uh, best of the week. Okay. A slight, sort of announcement. Oh. I don't think I've told you about this yet. Oh, uh, oh come on, man. So not this week, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday... I am planning on uh, doing an uh, open night, op- a comedy 
stand-up comedy bit at an open mic night. What? With uh, Garrett McCurra. <laughs> so he's like he has a whole bit he's writing up. I have one. I'm like halfway done with it. Okay, I have, well, like, I need to go to this. Tell me about the, it. Don't I don't leave, like I, Garrett's don't setting. Garrett's setting the whole thing up, so it won't be this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. You're, uh, you're not going to tell me. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I will let you know. You won't let me know because you don't want me there. I'm going to videotape the whole thing. All right. Well, good. And so uh, we'll share that on our page in two yeah. weeks. You know, we'll, I'll give a review. Yeah. I will so, give a review of his comedy. <laughs> not you, gonna, you'll just sit there and take it. But it's I not going to be great. Yeah. So the your bits can be. It's like, I think it's either four, or four and a half minutes long. Uh, half mine's written. I have like the other half, like thought out, like what I'm gonna say, like mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. I just have to actually go finish writing the bit. Right. Uh, and Garrett has already his his is already written, and then on this one is the next Wednesday. He's gonna he's gonna make sure we get two slots. <laughs> we're both thinking we're gonna go and do a stand up routine <laughs> on the on an open mic night at one of the bars here in Oklahoma. All right. Well, I know what my worst of the week will be in two weeks. Oh boy. <laughs> Or your best. All right, we'll, we'll just go ahead and stop there. <laughs> Until next week. All right, I hope you all have a great week, folks. Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shoup and Dylan Kiever. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.